Hebrews 3 and verse 1. It says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So, the apostle refers to us as holy brethren. The scripture uh, tells us to be holy as he is holy. And so he says, holy brethren, consider, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. That we are to consider that Jesus is our high priest. Much of the scripture here in the book of Hebrews speaks of Jesus as the high priest. Now, Jesus being the high priest, he entered in once into the heavenly holy of holies with his own blood so that we could have access to the Father through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, consider the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So, Jesus Christ is our high priest. The word profession, actually we want to give you the definition of the word profession. In the Greek, it's homologia, which is the noun form. And it denotes confession by acknowledgement of the truth. Confession by acknowledgement of the truth. Jesus said, speaking to the Father in John chapter 17, he said, thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Jesus. Now, if Jesus is the truth, the word of God is truth. In uh, John 1, he says that Jesus was the word made flesh. The revelation of Jesus Christ is through his word. The primary way you understand Jesus or have a relationship with Jesus, have a relationship with the Father God, is through the Word of God. Now, if our confession is to be of the truth, then we must speak the truth. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things. In all things. As a pastor, I want us to grow up in all things. I want you to be spiritually uh, mature. I want you to grow into him, into Christ. And how is it that we do that? He said, speaking the truth in love, we grow up into him in all things. Who is the head? Even Christ. Now, the verb form of this word is homologio. And the, the word homologio means to speak the same thing. It comes from two words, homo, same, lego, to speak. Lego, meaning you are building something. You're building a life. You're building a future. You're building things in your life more than you realize by the words that you speak. He said to speak the same thing meaning that you speak the same thing that God says. Now, he says that we are partakers in this verse of a heavenly calling. We have an eternal inheritance 
in Christ. We're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. We've been called out from, but we've been called unto. We've been called out of sin, out of the world, out of darkness, into light, into righteousness. Praise God. So he said we are to speak the truth or say the same thing. It means to assent, to accord, to agree with. It denotes either to confess, to declare, or to admit. So we are to have a declaration or a profession or a confession of faith. Now, a confession of faith, as we see here, would be in line with the truth or in line with the Word of God or that we should say the same thing that God says about us. That we should agree with, we could, should come into accordance and uh, we should say what God says. It means to declare openly by way of speaking out freely. Such confession being the, t- uh, the effect of a deep conviction of facts. To declare it openly and freely. And if you have a deep conviction of anything, it will be expressed through your lips. If you have a strong conviction of truth, then it will come out of your words. It will come out in your daily conversation. It will come out. See, confession is not just what you say by yourself. It's what you say before others. It's what you say before God. And we see here that Jesus is the apostle and the high priest of our profession or our confession. He is the high priest of our saying the same thing that he says of our agreeing with God. There are many uh, philosophies in the world and all kinds of ideas and all kinds of beliefs and belief systems, but if we are going to truly be Christ-like or we are going to be Christians in in their truest form, we're going to have to agree with God and agree with His Word, not even our maybe pet doctrine. Anything that agrees with God's Word, we want to come into agreement with, and we want to let our voice be added to His voice, and He is a high priest of our profession. In other words, your words give Jesus something to work with. Proverbs says, death and life are in the what? Power of the tongue. So you can choose life or you can choose death, and the primary way that you do it is through your tongue. Your speech, your utterance, the words that you say will determine the outcome of your life. If you want to enjoy life at its fullest and at its best, then you're going to have to speak words of life. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. Spiritual in their meaning, one translation says, and life giving in their effects. So God's word is life. So if we are speaking words of life, if we are speaking words of truth, if we are saying what God says and letting our voice be added to His voice, then we are in agreement with God and the Holy Spirit will work with those words that we give our high priest to work with. In other words, when you speak God's Word, it releases God's presence. When you speak God's Word, it releases God's power. When you speak God's Word, it releases what God has ordained for you to enjoy in life into your life. 
But there are words that you could say that are death words, and there's two spiritual forces in this world. And I think that anyone that's had any life experience understands that your words can produce an atmosphere... Your words can produce an environment. Your words can produce positive attitudes. Or your words can produce negative things or negative attitudes. Whether it's in your home, with your children, with your husband, with your wife, or whether it's on your job, or whether it's in your neighborhood, or in relationship circles that you may have in the church even. Your words produce something their life or death and the choice in your life lies with no one else but you you're the only one that can choose to speak the same thing that he says in your life someone can encourage you someone can uh, uh, maybe uh, prod you a little bit or they could uh, give you instruction but bottom line is you have to make a choice what kind of words you're going to give vent to with your mouth what you're going to say praise God so we are to declare the truth so either the devil can work with your words or God can work with your words If Jesus is the high priest of your confession, then Jesus can work with the words that you give him to work with. Now, he's already given you a start. He's given you his word. Then you agree with his word, and then he works with the word that you speak. Now, if you speak negative words, and if you speak uh, words of uh, envy or strife or jealousy or whatever attitude then the devil works with those words. If you speak words of anger, Satan can work with those words. There's a real devil. There's real demons. We're not afraid of them, thank God. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. But you have to be aware. Paul said it this way. We're not ignorant concerning his devices. Understanding that the primary way the devil accesses your life is through your words. Your attitudes. Generally give vent to words, which produce attitudes. And either we repent of those and we change our words, or we continue down the same path or the same ditch, and it's just hard to drive in the ditch. (laughs) Amen? Now let's go to Hebrews 4. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Seeing that we have a high priest. He said, seeing, well, that means you keep your eyes open to that reality. In verse 1 of chapter 3, he said, consider. It's a careful consideration. It's not just a casual, oh, yeah, Jesus is my high priest. No, it's a careful consideration that Jesus, the Scripture says God watches over His Word to perform it. 
if God is watching over his word to perform it, when you say what he says or you agree with what he said, then he is watching over that word to perform it in your life. God is the performer. Amen? Not you. You do your part. You're the believer. You're the one who speaks what God says for you to say. You're the one that chooses to agree with God. And when you do that, then God can perform in your life. Seeing we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now I looked up the word fast in Webster. It means firm. Firmly fastened. Firmly fastened. The word fastened, Webster says, to attach or to connect, to make secure by locking or buttoning and so on. To make secure, to connect, to lock. Now, what we call bolts and screws and things of that nature, they call them fasteners. What's that? Why do they call them fasteners? Because they connect something. They fasten something, button something. They connect something together. Now, he said we are to hold fast or we are to connect to our profession. Hold fast to it. Well, that indicates to me that it would be something that would be easily let go of or things that you could let slip, Hebrew says. So we are not to let those things slip that we know to be truth. We are to hold fast to our confession. What are we saying with our mouth? Proverbs says that we are to watch our mouth or put a watch over our mouth. What are we saying, not just in church, not just when you're in fellowship with your friends or, or your spiritual uh, uh, relations. Not when you just dress up. When you get up. Amen. When you get up in the morning, what are the first words that you say for the day? What are the first things that you say? I'm tired. You know what that produces? Tired. You know, if you get up and say, I don't feel like going to work. You know how long it's going to take you to get ready? You know, it's just really your words produce an attitude in all of life. So what you say is going to produce results in your life. He said we are to hold fast to our confession. Don't let it slip. Get a grip on your lip. Amen. Get a grip on your lip and you'll get a grip on your life. If you want life to be better, then you have to choose some words that are going to produce life in you. Produce life spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Physically. In fact, the scripture says, let the weak say, I am strong. It doesn't say let the weak say, I'm weak. 
It said, let the weak say, I am strong. Now, how many have done that in life? You know, you, you felt weak and you just didn't feel, you know, like doing very much. And you started saying things that God says about you. And then your energy level just went up. Your, your spiritual level just went up. And your emotional level just went up. And life is sweeter than it was five minutes ago. Praise God. And it really isn't that bad of a day after all. Really. I mean, you know, the sun is shining today. I mean, the sun did come up today. It's amazing our attitudes and our words and just your words produce more attitudes and it's either negative or positive. Our attitude about life is strongly determined by the words that we speak because emotions can be changed. That would be obvious. How many can identify emotions can be changed? One word can change your emotions, especially from your wife or your husband. One word can change your emotions. You were happy one moment ago. Two seconds later, you're not so happy. Why is that? Words. Those saying sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a lie from hell, I can assure you. <laughs> words have hurt more people than sticks and stones. Words have destroyed relationships. Words have destroyed marriages. Words have destroyed friendships. I mean long-term friendships. Words that they didn't even hear you say, but somebody said you said. Words you said in confidence, supposedly. But destroyed relationships. So words are powerful force. If God declares that death and life are in the power of the tongue, then your tongue has power to speak life or your tongue has power to speak death. And if God's words are life and you get his words fitted in your lips, praise God, it's going to produce life everywhere you go. It's going to produce life in your home, in your family, with your children, praise God forever. So he said, hold fast. So obviously the temptation is to let go. If you've got to hold fast, you need to put a little torque on those bolts. Hallelujah. You need to, you, what we used to say, put a little elbow grease. You know, when, you, when you're putting a wheel on a, on a car, you don't just go, that's all. No, you've got you to put something on it. Why? Because you don't want the wheel to come off. There's a lot of people that, you know, they just spun the tire tool a little bit and pull it off and riding down the road. You know, initially they may be doing okay, but after a little vibrations, a little temptations, a few circumstances, a little pressure, A little rubber against the pavement of life and the vibration day after day, circumstances day after day, their bolts, their confession gets a little loose. Anybody identify? 
The words that they say are a little light now, a little loose. And, you know, it doesn't take you long. You can walk out out of church. You can get in your car. Whoa. I mean, you have to keep a watch on your mouth. One time a Christian brother, out of great love for me, gave me a watch that didn't work. (laughs) I received that gift. I was working with my brother in construction, and and I started asking him, what time is it? (laughs) And he said, you know, because it worked for a little while, and then it wouldn't work. Then you work with it, and it worked for a little while. It was the old watch, you know, the old kind of watch. It had parts. <laughs> you have to wind it up. So this was my old, oldest brother, and he, he kind of got irritated after a while. He said, if that watch don't work, throw that thing away. Well, a watch isn't going to do anything for you unless you watch it. (laughs) You can't watch it after you have supposed to have already been there. You got to watch it in order to know what time to get there, to be on time, to keep your life in order. Well, in life... You've got to watch your mouth to keep things in order, to keep things on time, to keep things controlled in your life, things in order. You've got to watch your mouth. You've got to watch your tongue. You've got to watch your words. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? So when... Things happen, vibrations occur, and you start getting light with your confession, and you're saying words that you know that you shouldn't be saying. You know better. You've, you've studied the Word of God. You know what you ought to be saying. You've let down. You've let go. But Jesus says, hold fast. And he's your high priest of your what? Confession. Verse 15, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities or other translations say our weaknesses. We don't have a high priest that cannot be touched. So we're not talking about having uh, no uh, understanding that Jesus, he, uh, he, he considers our weaknesses, but he doesn't want us to say we're weak because he said, let the weak say I'm strong. Now, there's a time where you may need to confess to your husband or your wife that you're going through this trial or struggle or going uh, to a brother or sister and saying, you know, I'm dealing with this in my life, and uh, would you pray with me? Would you agree with me? Certainly, we understand that. But when you walk away from that, if you don't agree with what they prayed and you don't believe that it's being effectual in your life, the fervent, effectual prayers of righteous people avail much. So if you don't agree with that, and and, and then you walk away and you say the same thing that you were saying before you came, 
In other words, your words and the pattern of your speech has not changed or been altered, then you really nullify the power of prayer in your life. You can pray one thing and say another. Right? And so you want to maintain your spirit of faith and your confession of faith in God and in His Word. My God supplies all my needs. Amen. The Lord is the strength of my life. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I am of God and have overcome them. Speaking of the spirit of this world, I am of God and have overcome them because greater is he that is in me. That's not self-reliance. That's God-reliance. That's not self-dependence. That's dependence on God. Recognizing that you are who God says you are, that you have what God says you have, that you can do what God says you can do. Your confession determines your possession. Your confession determines the way you live or the things that you enjoy or perhaps don't enjoy. We have a high priest that can be touched with the feeling of our infirmity or our weakness. Thank God we can go to Jesus at our weakest point. We can confess, Lord, this is a weakness. I recognize it. Well, that's a good start to help. If you don't acknowledge you have a problem, you're probably not going to find a solution. But if you, do, if you will acknowledge you have a problem, but you have a solution in Jesus, you're going to the one who has all of the solutions, the high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has every answer to your need. And so you go to Jesus, your high priest. He can relate with you. Praise God. He lived as a man. He walked as a man. He lived on the earth. He lived in the body. The Bible says he was tempted in all points. Let's go on. Verse 15. He was touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted. Real temptation. Look at Luke, where he was tempted of the devil in the wilderness. Real temptation. Real pressure. He lived in this body, you understand. He lived in a body. He lived as a man. He walked as a man. He was tempted in how many points? Either we believe the Bible or we don't. And he said all points. So that means he was tempted in all kinds of ways. So then he can relate to you. Well, that's awesome. Jesus, the Son of God, God, God in a body, and lived as a man, was tempted as a man, went through tests, went to, through trials, and then he says, now you can come to me and I'll help you. Praise God. Yet without sin. In other words, he didn't fall into sin or disobedience to the Father. He was able to stand firm and be solid in his faith. Well, he is our example, isn't he? He is our example. Now, we thank God for other examples in people. 
But Jesus is your primary example. I've had people that I had great expectations. I believed that they were a great man or woman of God or a person that loved God and were faithful to God, but they did things that didn't meet up with my standards. I didn't think according to the Word of God. So it was disappointing. It was quite discouraging. I thought they, they were a real person of faith and walking with God, and yet they failed. But you know, when they fell, Jesus' throne was secure. I mean, Jesus was unmoved. I mean, he was maybe moved with compassion, you understand. But it wasn't like his throne got a little shaky that day. I mean, he, he wasn't sitting on tilt. I mean, Jesus was secure. Heaven's throne was secure. Jesus, the resurrected Christ, our high priest, was the same, unchanged, unmovable. Praise God. Listen, and if they fell, and that was disappointing, my primary example was Jesus. So when they didn't do what I thought was godly or right, I went to Jesus, and he helped me to realize Glory to God. He is my high priest. I mean, even in painful, emotional pain, I mean, spiritually, that hurt. But God healed and raised me up and helped me to realize that people aren't perfect always, but there is one perfect one, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, just that simple principle would take you a long ways down the road of Christianity because people get disappointed in people and they say, well, I'll go to another church. And when they go over there in about six months, they're going to get disappointed again because they find out there's the same kind of people over there. Maybe have a different face. Wear different clothes. But the same test. Right? So you have to determine Jesus is your high priest. Jesus is your example. And when it's all said and done, your faith is in God's Son. Your faith is in the one that is risen from the dead, and he ever lives to make intercession for those, hallelujah, who put their faith in him. Let us, therefore, because he can be touched, he's uh, able to identify with us, he said, let us therefore come cowardly. I like the Bible. Praise God. I'm glad he didn't say, let us come cowardly and drag up to the throne. See if there's a way we can slither in through the back door. There's some little mouse hole we can go through, you know. It's amazing what a mouse can get through. The only thing for you is a little mouse hole, a little crack. Maybe you can get in and maybe you can't. No, he said, let us, he said, in your time of need. He didn't say it's your strong point. He didn't say it's your high points. You know, in our highest spiritual elevation, when everything is looking good spiritually, we're strong emotionally, we're strong. Everything's looking good in our life. And we think, man, we're just living on heaven on earth. 
And we believe it's a year of heaven on earth, but sometimes you get a little hell. Thrown your way, isn't that right? You know, hell's not going to just sit back and just say, oh, well, it's, it's heaven on earth this year. They're going to see if you'll, if you'll fall into a snare, if you'll fall into a, 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 a test, or you'll, you'll take the pressure, or you'll give in to the pressure, and, and, or if you will believe God in the face of that pressure and trust your high priest to bring you through, praise God, there's another way, hallelujah. And there is a way of escape, and he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will provide a way of escape. I am convinced the primary way God has provided is through his word. And if we'll go right back to the truth and right back to the word and right back to our high priest and we'll hold fast to the confession of our faith, we know God's word is true, and God will not fail me. He'll not fail you. He'll not let you go. Praise God. He's got you in the palm of his hand. You're the apple of his eye. He's engraved you. Praise God. I'm telling you, this is real. God loves you so much he had his son step right out of heaven and come down the earth and live as a man so he could identify with humanity and live like we have to live. Tempted in all points. And he said, when you're tempted, don't run away from the church. When you're tested, don't run away in guilt. Now, I watch people do it both ways. Run away in guilt and hide, and you call them. They won't, they won't return the calls. You go by, and you know they're there. You saw the blinds go. They're hiding. They're, they're feeling this guilt, this condemnation. And they run away from God, run away from the church. And it's just the devil pushing them away. They don't realize if you run to God, if you run to Jesus, if you run to the church, there's an answer. And I've seen them do it the other way. You know, fall seven times. They're like, man, God is patient. How many have figured out God is patient? Righteous may fall seven times. Some of you saying 14, 28. <laughs> Come on. But they get up again. How often are you to forgive? 70 times 7. How, how, how often? Yes, you may have all kinds of tests and one day have to forgive again and again. Say, well, I'm just getting a little wore out with this program. But we're not dependent on you right now. We're dependent on the grace of God that is bigger than your ability, your flesh, your natural reasoning, your natural mind. It's grace that's bigger than anything that you face. And when you fall, you get up again. And he says that we come boldly to the throne of grace, not cocky, not 
arrogantly, certainly not, but with confidence. God is still there. Jesus is still there. And when I come to Jesus, he is the author and the finisher of my faith. He that has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. He started it and he'll finish it. All he needs is a little human cooperation, somebody that'll believe God in the face of their test, in the face of their temptation, right at your lowest point. There is a high point that you can reach and it doesn't take long. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just come before the presence of your high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, how? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You're not coming on your own merit. You're not coming, oh, look what I've done, Jesus. Look what I did. Look how good I am. Look how holy I am. About that time you think you stand, you're going to fall. No, you just say, Father, by the grace of God, if everything's going good, it's by the grace of God you access the presence of God. If you just fail miserably, it's still by the the grace of God that you access the presence of God. It's by His blood that you can come, not based on your works of righteousness which you have done, but according to His mercy He has saved us. Hallelujah. It's the mercy of God that made you what you are. It's the mercy of God and the grace of God that has kept you. And it's the grace of God that will cause you to sing His praise for a thousand thousand and a thousand more years praise God ever forever you'll sing his praise in the presence of God it's not by your works hallelujah so it's not living under some sin consciousness or guilt you look how terrible you are listen I've seen Christians live that way I've lived that way I've done it both ways I mean I know what I'm talking about the devil just hammer your head over your past sin. And I found out the devil will create some things you didn't even do. <laughs> he gets you low enough, he'll hit you. I mean, it's not no fair fight. There's no umpire, you know. Okay, that's enough punches. Let him up. Now the devil will keep hitting. But God's on your side. He is in a sense, your umpire. The devil doesn't play fair. He doesn't fight fair. But you got the winning edge because you're on Jesus' side. And God's on your side. And if God before you, who can be against you? When it looks like you're at your lowest point, you're about to hit your high point because you're looking to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And you're coming to God as your, as your God and your Father and Jesus as your high priest and as your Lord. Praise God. And there's help. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace. God's riches at Christ's expense, he paid it all. He suffered in your place. He gave you his best and God gave you his grace. So you could run your race and you could keep the pace and you could finish your course and you could win. Praise God in life, in, through him. That we may obtain what? Mercy. Where you come into the throne of grace. No, you're not eating out of the backs, back of the kitchen. Amen. He's not pushing something out the back door. No, he said, come on in, sit up at the table. Hallelujah. 
there's some fine linens here. Hallelujah. There's some, there's some uh, uh, place settings that have already been set for you. There's a shelf that knows what he's doing in the kitchen. God has prepared a table for his people. Even in the presence, even in the presence of your enemies, right in the presence of your enemies, you have an enemy, yes, but you have a friend in Jesus. Hallelujah. And you have friend in the, friends in the people of God, and you can have relationships that are vital and valuable to your life. Praise God. He said that you may obtain mercy and find grace. When? In time when you're just doing fine. No, he said in time of need. So at your weak point, you can come up to the high point. There is one highest point, and that is the throne of God. Hallelujah. You can come right to the throne of God by His grace and can obtain mercy and find grace. You can find favor. Favor in your time of need. Somebody say favor. favor. Turn with me to Hebrews 10. Verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by what? The blood of Jesus. How do you get into the holiest? How do you get into that holy of holies? There's only one way. By the blood of Jesus. Stephen says it this way. Since now the immediate presence of God is the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary has been made accessible to us. Been made access accessible to us. Centenary translation says, We have cheerful confidence, brothers, to enter into the holiest. Now, I like this one. It says, Having therefore, Rotherham, having therefore, brethren, freedom of speech for entrance of the holies in the blood of Jesus. Freedom of speech for entrance in and through the blood of Jesus. How do you enter the presence of God? Enter into his presence with singing. With his courts with what? Praise. When you sing, what do you do? You vocalize. You say something. It's part of your confession. The word confession that we, <laughs> that we told you about earlier, it also means to sing and to celebrate. To sing and to celebrate. So you access the presence of God by the blood of Jesus, but you have freedom of speech to access His presence. Thank you for the blood. Praise God forever. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus today. I worship you. I want to bless you today. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Your mercies are new every morning. This is a new day. Praise God. And I'm going to worship you today. I'm going to praise you today. I'm going to exercise my right of access and entrance today. Freedom of speech for entrance into the holies in the blood of Jesus. If you go up to a gate, usually has a little button, and sometimes they can talk back to you. But you have to talk. You don't push the button and be silent. The way you access is you talk. 
and they talk back. And the gate opens. Hallelujah. So you come into the Father's presence and you speak words of faith. You say what He says. You agree with Him. You call on the name of Jesus. And the gate opens. The presence of God is open to you. Hallelujah. He says, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us. Through the veil, that is to say, His flesh. Having and high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with a pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful. He is faithful. That promised. Don't waver. Stay steady. Agree with God. Say what he said. Let your words be in accord with his word. And so the Holy Spirit just descends and works with your words. And the presence of God comes in your home, comes in your car. The presence of God is manifest while you're walking down the street, while you're going up the steps on your job or riding the elevator, wherever you're at. The presence of God. You can carry His presence. And where His presence is, there's power. And where there's power, there's also the ability to perform what God has created you to do and be. For those of you who are watching this broadcast today, we want you to know that you can come to God, that you can come to Jesus that Jesus will accept you, God will accept you, and you can have freedom and forgiveness of sin. Acknowledging Jesus Christ changes your life. Receiving Him as your Lord and your Savior. Would you pray a simple prayer and receive Jesus Christ in your heart? Say, oh God, I come to you today. I come in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus died, that you raised Him again, and I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus came into your heart, right in your home. Your heart has been changed. Jesus lives on the inside of you. Today, you can walk in a whole new way. And we want to encourage you to call us at the number on your screen. There's a, a book we'd like to send to you free of charge, no obligation on your part. Just call us today. We want to help you in your faith in Jesus Christ. God bless you. Until next time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words have the ability to destroy life or to build and create life. What mountain are you climbing with your words? The wrong words can have a devastating effect, but the right words can create the world you've dreamed of. Pastor David Sheeran's creative power of words will help you to overcome the obstacles that keep you from a victorious life. Includes the titles, Believing, Saying, Acting, Heart Faith, Mouth Confession, Creative Power of Words, High Priest of Our Confession, and Seeing the Unseen. Call now, 866-700-WORD, and order the Creative Power of Words 
or visit us on the web at thewordforliving.com. This empowering series is available on CD for $30 or DVD for $35. Buy today and begin creating the world you've only dreamed of. Call 866-700-WORD. That's 866-700-WORD. Or visit us online 